How are you all doing this morning? Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Yeah. You're never going to live this time now. Yeehaw. It's going to be every week now. You know, can, can, I, can I say thank you for doing that? Because you're supposed to have fun in dad's front room. You're not in a formal room. You're in dad's front room. And if you can't enjoy his presence and feel uncomfortable, even this morning, just watching our kids just enjoy themselves in church. And I just enjoy myself. And, and I love him. He's my savior. He's my Lord. He's the coolest person I've ever met in my life. But he also calls us friend. And I think we do the, we do the way extreme left-hand side of him really good, but we forget the right-hand side. He, he actually says, I call you friend. And that's the, the alpha and the omega, the beginning. And that guy who died for us actually says, you're my friend. And he loves to enjoy our company. He loves us to have fun together. And so I think we have to, Sit back and enjoy country music when you get a chance to, okay? <laughs> Except for Adam. But that's all right. You know, everybody has a flaw, right? And Adam's, Adam says he hasn't grown up yet to fully embrace music in its totality. Like, I, and I'm, I'm giving him away. And I, I love him. We've been friends for 20 plus years. Um, but I come into the office and he, he listens to the most eclectic music in the world. Like, it's like way over left of center. And then it's back in the 50s. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, he has Frank Sinatra. Okay, wow, we got some Frank, we got some Frank Sinatra fans in the house. So Jason, next time the worship teams, we need to do it in a Frank Sinatra style. That'll be so much fun. But hey, welcome to Crossroads, and thanks for coming this morning. Thanks for giving us the gift that you gave us this morning. We're going to talk about it a little bit in a second. Really, it's cool to hang out with you. I'm Robin, one of the pastors here. Um, and it's incredibly humbling to ever get up here and to stand and talk about, first of all, God's word, because ultimately you take everything that's said back to his word. I mean, that's the foundation that we all filter things against. So thanks much. But here's the crazy thing about today's focus. Um, it impacts and affects every single one of us. All of us, every single person in this room, regardless of who you are, regardless of where you're at, regardless of what's going on, it impacts all of us. In fact, all of us have the same amount of it, and we all get to use it however, whenever, and with whoever we decide to. And each and every day, there's a set amount of it. You can't save it for tomorrow, borrow it from yesterday, regardless of how you handle it today, even if you wasted it. But what's even crazier is all of us get the exact same amount of it all over again tomorrow morning. What is it? Really simple. It's time. So what do you do with your time? What have you done? If you look back over the last 12 months, where have you invested your time? How have you invested your time? Why have you invested your time there? I want you to sit back and enjoy this for a second, Joe, if you could, please. Thanks so much. in a race against time, where the ticking tops of the clock are looming close behind. Life is short and time is swift, and by the time that we realize that time is a gift, we have missed out on time's preciousness, trying so hard to be at the right place at the right time that we barely have time to breathe, trying so hard to make it to the big time that we miss out on all of the time in between, for time is money, and no one resource is our time but we spend resources and then whenever we have a
How come whenever someone asks us for the time, we will answer them in haste? We have no time to waste. We save time. Keep sticking away on the clock until the sands of time have passed the line and our time run out. So how are you spending your time? Scrolling through Twitter is the only time that your family actually together. Because if so, you probably have some things that you need to instant. And if you don't look up from all of these distractions, then you straddling the fences for you will be known waste and don't be complacent. Procrastination is the thief. Time doesn't rewind. So Lord, I pray but have the promise of perfection coming soon. You going to use this gift of time that has been he had nails in his wrist, his sword in his side pursue a life worth living more time. Lots of things will. Lots of things that will try and distract you from it somewhere else. And at the end of the day, it's your time, not my time. It's your time. It's available to you, and you get to do with it as you please. Here's a question to answer. If you had enough time, what would you do with it? If you had enough time, because most people say, I don't have enough time to do. But if you did have enough time, what would you do with it? How would you invest what you have? Maybe it's a better way to actually look at it from this perspective. If we could fast forward our lives three years from now and then ask yourself a simple question, what would you want your life that Jesus has called you to to maybe look like? Well, then maybe the next question we should ask is, what should I do with the time that's been allocated to me? If I really will look forward and go, here's what I'd love to be, we'd love to be in three years, what are you going to do with the time you have today? Because if you don't invest it correctly, you won't be there in three years. Hey, I'd like our marriage to be in a better place. Then what time are you investing in it? I'd like to be healthier. Then what time are you investing in it? I'd like to be, what time are you investing in it? Whatever your what is, what time are you investing in it? Because you do have the time, you just don't use it. See, every day, each of us gets credited. You could say, or you could call it our life bank account, 86,400 seconds to be precise. Every single day, you get credited to your account. 86,400 seconds to do with as you please. To do with as we see fit or maybe as Jesus would desire to direct and guide us because unfortunately some of those thoughts are actually different. But here's what's crazy. We get to invest our time wherever, whenever, and with whoever we deem worthy of our time. Time. It's one of the most valuable things in life, and yet it's one of the most wasted things in life. See, the clock is ticking. To realize it, look at the value of one year, ask a student who failed a grade. To realize the value of one month, ask a mother who's given birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, ask the editor of a weekly newspaper. To realize the value of one hour, ask the lovers who are waiting to meet. 
you realize the value of one minute? Ask a person who just missed a train. Do you realize the value of one second? Ask someone who just avoided an accident. Do you realize the value of one millisecond? Ask the person who won the silver medal at the Olympics last time. See, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Crazy thought, right? So it's so true. Here's the crazy thing. Regardless of the job you do in life or whatever status we hold in life or don't hold in life, regardless of all of that, every one of us gets the same amount of time with the same potential credited to our account, 86,400 seconds. Time. It's a powerful, powerful. I changed to a handheld, buddy. For some reason. Thanks. Time is a powerful commodity, and it's used to impact people and things in so many different ways, but most importantly, lives. Some of you are here this morning because somebody used their time to impact your life. Whether it was today or, or months ago or years ago, somebody took some of their precious time and invested it in your life without you probably even asking, but they did it anyway, and, and it's impacted you. That's caused a ripple in your life. But, but think back on your life, and I want to take a few minutes to chat with the people around about you and answer this question. Can you remember a moment when someone invested some of their time into your life? How has that affected you, and how did it make you feel at the time? Would you turn around to the people you're sitting next to, just two or three people, and go ahead and answer that question, please, guys. Go ahead. No, thank you. Man, why don't you come back with me a second, guys, if you could. Hey, just, yeah, just hang on to the thoughts you just shared, guys, would you? Like, have you ever done this? Have you ever thought back on the person 
who invested time in your life enough to do something for them? I was 21 years old, and uh, her name is Mrs. White. She's my English teacher back in high school. I joined the military, been in the military for a few years. I remember flying home, and one of the times I was allowed to take my uniform because in Northern Ireland we weren't allowed to have our uniforms at home a lot because of the troubles, but this time I was. And I remember dressed in uniform, went to the school and went to Miss, Miss White's class, and she wasn't there. And they said, hey, Mrs. White retired last year, Rob. So I asked the principal if I could have her address, and he's like, wow, Rob, that's kind. And I went to her house, and her husband answered the door. And I was in uniform. How can I help you, young man? He didn't have a clue who I was. I said, is, is your wife here, Mrs. White? Yeah, of course she is. Um, can I talk to her, please? He goes, uh, yeah. I, hey, darling, come here. So she turned the corner, come to the door, and she saw me, and she started to weep. I said, Mrs. White, I've never come back to tell you thank you. I snapped to attention and saluted his wife. Her husband stood and wept and said, why would you do that, young man? Well, because the time that you're wife invested in me changed my life see no one else believed in me and no one else should have because that's a scumbag but mrs white did why because she loved jesus she would pray for me and contend for god to move in my life and constantly speak life over me when i didn't deserve life can you remember the impact investment that someone's had in your life would you take a moment maybe in this season before 2022 closes out maybe write a letter text make a call if you can or maybe even a, a, a sibling or a child of that person say, I want to tell you that your dad or your mom had an impact in my life and that we would pass on life to people. I can't I remember. Maybe you've heard the story before. I'll see them here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to fly home to Ireland to see my mom because she's, she's not doing, not doing too well. <clears throat> John Doreen, been my lifetime mentors back in Northern Ireland. The amount of time that they've invested in my life and my family's life, literally over four decades, four decades of somebody taking some of their precious time and investing it in a worthless, broken little person like me as a teenage boy. That fast forward all these years, there's still people who speak into my life. They live this statement, I so do unto others what you would want someone to do for you. In this case today, we're talking about it, is invest some time. See, Jesus may be said it this way. It's always better to give than it is to receive. If we want to see an incredible return of investment on time, which, which everybody seems to always want, which is absolutely fine, absolutely fine. Try investing some of it in other people's lives because that's a surefire way of a powerful, powerful return. Think about this statement. Share your life with somebody else and watch God bring life to you. In this season coming up, choose to share your life with somebody else, to give away a piece of your time, to give away a piece of your give away your gifting, your talents, your treasures. This morning, a lot of you take treasure. You give a portion of it away, and you say, Jesus, thank you. You give time away. You say, Jesus, thank you. This morning, all over this building, there's a whole bunch of people giving a small portion of time that makes a huge, big piece of time. Oh, and is he still up there with you, our new sign guy? Has he gone downstairs? He's about this big. Josiah and Shay's little boy wants to learn how to do so. This, the headphones are bigger than he is. He was, seriously, he was sitting up there. Owen was letting him run the soundboard this morning. It was the coolest thing. Like the speakers were coming down around his knees. Like he's just sitting under them. And he's like up there giving away a portion of his time. Go, I'd like to help you, Mr. Owen. It's never about resume. It's about relationship.
It's never about being that. It's about us giving away a portion of our time. You share your life with somebody else and watch God bring life to you. I, I promise you. And that's with everything. We have our time, our treasure, our talent. But what might giving our time maybe look like? For example, in this last season, some crazy cool couples chose to give some of their time away by jumping into a couple of life groups. Couples conversation and love and respect are just some of the crazy cool ways to practice doing life with people. It's called community. See, the value that those couples added to each other was absolutely priceless. Just to listen to some of them talk last Wednesday, I just sat and wept as I heard people just share their life with other people and allow other people to take the journey of life with them. They jumped into community. They took some time. They're 86,400 seconds, and they invested it in relationship. Why? Why is it so important? Well, I think it helps us stay on mission. And what's mission? I'll let you watch a video, and then I'll use the punch. You wouldn't mind. Thank you. I changed it with our time. You could say maybe action. What you and I choose to do with the 86,400 seconds that we get accredited every single day, where we place it, where we invest it, who we give it to, how we use it, literally has an echo effect in other people's lives, once of all in ours, but in other people's lives. There's a, a ricochet, a ripple that comes off of us investing in other people's lives. These guys did. There's a scripture we're going to look at today, and there's a story that's found in the book of Acts, in Acts 2. It says at the very beginning, what does one of the ways of being mission on maybe look like for me? It says this, they devoted themselves. They took time to the apostles' teaching, not to the apostles, to the person, but to their teachings, right? So often people can accidentally pursue a personality. Don't ever pursue a personality. Pursue the person who created every single person, and his name is Jesus. So they devote themselves, like you're doing this morning. You've taken a portion of your time, and you've devoted it to something like this, where some Irish dude stands up here and tries to talk about Jesus' word in the best way he can to encourage you in the things of God. And so you take time, and you invest it in something like this. And they did that. They devoted themselves they took time to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, 
those couples who jumped in those couples groups. It's just one way, but, but they used the word fellowship or community. They became in commune with other people. It wasn't just one couple doing life. It was seven couples just taking a portion of their time and just sitting down having conversation about love and respect and having conversation about couples, conversation about things that matter to couples. They didn't do it on their own. They just invited some other people, so they took time. And the whole idea of fellowship and so the breaking of bread. We've talked about it consistently. Breaking your bread of communion is a powerful way to press reset back on true north. What, is, what really matters is what Jesus has done for us. And we celebrate communion here as a church once a month. I pray you practice it at home. And again, please, if anybody's from a, a different background, come see me afterwards with this next statement. But you don't need bread and juice. A Snickers bar and a tin of Pepsi will work. Because it's not about the elements, it's about the heartbeat of why you're using the elements. Now, we should use bread and we should use wine. They do back in Ireland, it's real wine, not juice and all that sort of stuff. So people come to visit Ireland with me and they go, what did they just give me? I'm like, it's wine. But, but Jesus didn't drink wine. I'm like, what? Like, he didn't make apple juice. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, but it, I'm like, what? He gave him, it didn't say, and Jesus made amazing apple juice. In fact, it says they got kind of merry with what he made, right? He made wine, and so there's an appropriation. The wine is his blood. The bread is his brokenness. Absolutely. But you can use a Snicker bar and a tin of Pepsi. If you stop and go, Jesus, I want to use this to remember you. The Jesus I knows, my daddy friend, goes, kid, that's the coolest thing in the world. And I use Pepsi. Go, Lord, I want to remember what it was you shed for me. And he shows up in those places where we take time, time to, to break bread. I encourage you, I don't know if you do this, but... Dead Turkey Day is coming, which I guess in America is Thanksgiving. In Ireland, it's always Dead Turkey Day because you kill a lot of turkeys. I don't know why, but you do. So, but but maybe maybe on Thanksgiving, rather than just just eating, maybe somebody could go, "Hey, can we take some time and just pause for a second? And can we have communion at the Thanksgiving table? Because Dad says we're two or more gathered." There in the midst of them, I am. And he's here this morning because he said he would be, but he's with us when two or more are gathered. Maybe at Thanksgiving we could take some time as they did. They, they, they constantly find ways to break bread and to pray, which is personal communication with Jesus. Like so many of you are in the habit of doing on a weekly basis, at one of our weekend experiences, at, at the moment on Sunday morning, a.m., p.m., or, or in life groups, or being on mission, investing your time in our go groups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it would be. But, but how can we measure what we're doing with our time? And please hear my heart on this next statement in a minute. Why, why measure it? Because when time goes or gets pressed, the truly important things that are essential to our spiritual growth are the first things to go, sadly, rather than to our first things to go to. When time gets pressed and all that sort of takes away from us, the things that keep us healthy and fresh and alive spiritually are the things that tend to be let go. So maybe this, maybe look at our habits and our priorities and our allocations, and they'll help tell you what you and I maybe is growing in our hearts. Where we allocate some of that time might tell you what's growing in our hearts, where we allocate, prioritize, and have habits towards. Why? Because attention is the beginning of devotion, and devotion takes time. Attention is the beginning of devotion, and devotion takes time. Just ask a husband and wife who are madly in love. It doesn't just happen just because you have a ring on. It's about investment of time in relationship. 
and you have to praise it. Acts 2 goes on to say, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together time, time, time in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together time with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Why is it important? Well, it's one of the ways that God draws people to himself through others watching you and I do life together and taking time to do it. People are watching from a distance to see how we invest time with one another as a community of believers as they did in that day. But why invest time? Because this portion of scripture ends this whole statement with a powerful statement and it says this, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Why would we take time and invest it in the things of the Lord? Why would we take time and invest it in doing community and have relationship together with one another? Because it's ultimately to give people a chance to say yes to Jesus. I don't save anybody. I don't heal anybody. I don't fix anybody. I'm not anybody's savior. I'm just one who points people to the person who is. And as are all of we. Other places where people have chosen to give us their time is in helping serve food at our Second Street campus on Sunday night. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Okay, get on your feet. Get on your feet and give me an amen. Seriously, get on your feet. Come on. Okay, C minus, but anyway. But, but a great way to give away some of our valuable commodity time. Why? Because it's an area... That Pastor Crystal is going to come and join me here in a second. It's an area where a lot of people are struggling to just get by. And by serving food on a Sunday evening, it's just another way to be Jesus in a really, really, really practical way. How effective is it in giving away some of our time in a practical way to serve people? Well, rather than me doing it, I'm going to ask our incredible pastor, Pastor Crystal, to join me in the house. Can I hear an amen for Crystal? What up, lady? Come on. Um... It's so, <laughs> it's wonderful to be with you guys, and I, I just want to say there's so many new faces here. I haven't been here in a lot of months, and so if you're not familiar, Crossroads is one church, two locations, and um, I have the joy of being the campus pastor of our Second Street campus in Ogden. Yeah. 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 And um, on Easter Sunday this year, we launched a new style and way of doing church services at our campus as um, the Lord gave us a picture of what it looked like to build a bridge in our community, and the bridge was a dinner table. And so every Sunday night at 5, we serve dinner, and we have a service, we have a um, we have discussion questions at our table, then someone gives our message. And then um, we close with worship. And I wanted to come and talk to you about some of the fruit that has come from that. Because fruit is how we know um, what the Lord is doing. And so, I, Rob, I wanted to, <laughs> I wish you would have given a movie clip from the movie. What is that movie where he says, just one more, Lord? Oh, um, that's... Oh, yeah. The war one. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge, yes. Yeah. So Last time I did that, I told off by Owen because I crashed our whole website because so, I wasn't, should have been done that. But I will next time. 
So I just want to say that is what the Lord has given me for this season. Is just one more, Lord. Just one more. So on Easter Sunday, we had a woman from our neighborhood um, come to our church with her her granddaughter. And um, she met us through, if you don't know also, we have a community center out of our building. And we do free grocery events, usually once a month. And I guess I'll start with this. We had a free grocery event on Friday evening, and four families from our church were in that line. And they were so full of joy coming through because that's their home now. And they were so excited to see us and to be in line. And so this grandmother came with her granddaughter. She's missed one Sunday. She has not been to church in years. But she has found a family. She has invited myself and my daughter over to her apartment to swim in her pool. Um, her car broke down. Someone from our campus fixed her car. Um, she's, she's become family to us. Then another woman from our neighborhood um, came to service because she got a flyer at Trunk or Treat. But she's also been through our free grocery events. And she walked into church and saw her neighbor that was there because we'd given her a flyer on her door. And when Charlie delivered her flyer, she had people in her apartment, and she said she broke down weeping because it was an answer to prayer. These two women now drive to church together, which was the dream. <laughs> is that the community would become the community. Um, we also have a family who the mom works every Sunday till 4.15. So she gets home, throws her kids and her husband in the car, and arrives. So dinner is everything to that young family. And she didn't even know there was a church that had evening service, so they hadn't been to church in years. So that's just something that's happened with the community. But what I want you to understand is church happens in the kitchen when you serve dinner as well. Church happens in the kitchen when you come and serve dinner. The stories that have come to me from the people that have taken their time and given it to shopping for the groceries and coming in and serving the dinner have been just as life-giving as what's happened in the sanctuary with the people that are eating dinner. I know of a family who they invited their extended family that doesn't come to church anywhere to come help, not thinking they'd actually say yes. One of their family members never leaves the house, and that family member came and served dinner and was so full of joy and said, I can't wait to do it again. We also know of a young family that comes to serve together, and they've now formed a tradition where after they serve dinner, they go out for frozen yogurt together because they've made it a thing. I also know of someone who comes to our campus with their husband's grandma every single Sunday, and they went shopping together and out to lunch for the groceries, and she said, I've never spent time with her outside of a Sunday. It built our relationship. We're now going to start getting lunch once a month. You guys, this is a powerful opportunity to give your life away 
for a couple of hours. But what I want you to know is we don't have anybody on our calendar to serve right now. And we've been doing this for seven months and it's been self-sustaining. But right now we don't have anybody. So we need you. We need you. It takes four people in the kitchen to serve, prepare a meal. If it's cost you're concerned about, there's resources available. But if it's cost of your time, I want to tell you, if you're looking for the abundant life Jesus offered, it's only found in giving your life away. That's where it is. It's giving your life away to other people. And just like when you tithe, the blessings come down. When you give your life away in that kitchen, blessings come down. I see life happen all the time. Eva and Jens are the most delightful servants in that kitchen. It is beautiful to watch. So please, there's a link available. We need you because we are one church, two locations, but we need this location to help that location build the bridge in the community. Amen? Missional, 150%. Why? Because at the end of that scripture in Acts, it always has stirred my heart. And the Lord. And the Lord added to their number daily those being saved. Your time is so precious and so needed for, for dad to accomplish his mission because he wants to work through you and I. Serving in either campness during our service is a crazy, amazing way. Each of us taking a little bit of time of that incredible commodity that you have and choosing to invest in someone else's life is mind-blowing, literally mind-blowing. But it costs, right? Remember, you get to decide where and why you invest your time. No one's going to twist your arm. No one's going to make you. I mean, last week's message, Pastor Adam shared the whole idea of lament. Here's the thing. You have to take some time to allow yourself to lament. That's what we don't do in our culture. We just do this. It's just, we just kind of run through life. We never pause and stop and take a little bit of mind and just allow ourselves to allow Jesus to allow us to get all that stuff out of us. Or the first week you heard about this, choosing to be devoted to Jesus. It doesn't happen accidentally. It takes an allocation of time. It's us setting time aside like we do for any relationship. First Thessalonians says this too. He says, adapted by me so you don't freak out. We, we, love you, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our lives. And then I added, and maybe you could say our time too. That we literally would take time and add time to people's lives just to be a blessing to them because someone's been a blessing. Just let me let you into an incredible secret that if... You can take it to the bank, by the way, if you choose to do it. That if you share your life with someone else, just God, watch God bring life to you in a different, different way that will literally take your breath away. You choose to give life to invest in somebody else that maybe can't give back to you and watch Jesus show up and transform and change your life. Really, why? Because his word is absolutely true. It is always better to give than it is to receive. It is. When you give to somebody else, here in a couple of weeks, we as a church up here get to bless our incredible city. I love the city of you. And it's the coolest little town in the world. 
it's Mayberry all over again. It just is. But in a couple of weeks, we get to have our mayor and the city council and our, and our city workers come here and you take time to serve them dinner in that room there just to say thank you. No strings attached, but it takes time. It takes you giving up time to invest time to say thank you to them. It's, it's a way we can tell our city that we love them, right? For example, in ways that so many of you already do around here, there are so many people choosing, as I said, I'm going to go right now to give a little bit of time that creates a large portion of time that's invested in so many ways in so many different people's lives, just in small ways, but it makes a huge impact. Why? Because when you add lots of littles together, it becomes an incredible lot. Start with a coffee. or a, Well, coffee people in the house, today, coffee drinkers. Yeah! Come on, Jesus! That's the Irish section. You're all invited in the Irish section, okay? Or, or the health, who's the healthy Jamba Juice drinkers in the house? Oh, there's like two. Okay. Okay. Who's all the water drinkers in the house? Like all the healthy people. Oh, I got water. Like what, whatever. What, coffee is just dark water. That's all it is. Okay. But, but maybe start something simple. Maybe just go grab somebody outside of your friend circle. You're us four no more, right? The Kumbaya group. And you just go, like, like take Sharon and Ken for a cup of coffee and just ask them a question and shut up and listen. They're some of the most crazy, cool people. You listen to their stories of with Jesus stuff. They take you way back to the beginning of crazy, crazy stuff where God does amazing stuff in this country. They were a part of it. They literally were a part of God doing crazy stuff. But just take them to coffee and give them some time. Find the coffee and then shut up. And just listen. And you might just hear Jesus whisper to you through a grandmother and grandfather of the faith. A little bit goes along. You try a life group or a class in this next season, like couples conversation or love and respect or, you know, FPU, right? What's FPU? Anybody know? Like I've had people this week. I had a young man yesterday. Hey, Rob, my finances are all messed up. Why can't I stay focused? I was like, duh. He stayed in my house for an hour plus yesterday. Like, hey, Rob, I heard you. Can you help me? Like, yeah. Because why can't I stay focused? And oh, I said, well, just get some, spend, ask some, someone to speak into your life. And it could change your life on a dime. But it takes time, right? Local outreach opportunity. The UN to City Dinner. Adam, would you stand, please, quickly? If you're interested in helping, we want some more people to help. We're going to meet with a whole team after today. But if you want to help serve people and say thank you to our mayor and our city council. In fact, Jerry, you're still here. Would you stand, please, Jerry? We have one of our city council members here this morning. It looks really pretty. Yeah. I, I should have said it this way. Will the pretty lady next to him please stand? Because that's his wife. I should have done it that way. Becky, morning, Becky. But, but Jerry's one of our council members that gives of his time to serve our community. And in a couple of weeks, we get to give of our to say thank you to them. It's not rocket science. It's just selfishness in our culture. It really comes down to it. What does it look like on a Sunday evening as Pastor Crystal came and shared, give some time over a period of weeks and maybe go serve dinner or help at the food thing. He's like, Adam talked about downstairs, there's a whole bunch of food that people come and get on a regular basis. They don't have to attend our church. We just want to love and serve people. They don't have to come to our church. We're just here to help and serve. It takes time to do that. Join a team on a Sunday morning and, and be a part of the welcoming of allowing people to feel loved and welcomed. A little time makes a huge difference. Why? And the Lord added to their number 
daily those being saved. Two reasons why church exists. First, for its non-members. Those people who don't know Jesus as Lord, Savior, and friend. And then two, it's a place for members to be empowered to impact people. Better to give than it is to receive, right? In the book of Acts, it says, in Acts 1.8, I'm going to close with this, but I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. You'll be seized with power. And you'll be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea and the distant promises, even the remote places of the earth. Where will that function, first of all, flow through your time? Sitting around learning about Jesus is really cool. I love it. I think everybody should do it. But the most powerful thing that we do with what we learned about Jesus is actually implement it. Is actually go and serve people. He came to serve people. I got to speak to 60 men in men's retreat last weekend and that was about just talking about Andrea and I's personal journey and our intimacy and our family and all that sort of stuff of how we protect intimacy. And, and the guys asked me a question, well, what's some stuff you do to show intimacy to your wife? And I said, I'm not talking about sexual. I'm just talking about intimacy. They're two different things. I said, well, one of the things I've done for years is I just constantly find ways to wash her feet in front of people because <laughs> it helps me stay humble. My friend called me on Monday night. He had a bunch of wives call him going, what did Rob say to them? I'm like, why? He goes, well, they all came home and said, honey, this is what Robert said. This is not sexual. This is intimacy. And they're like, okay, honey, will you please sit down? Because I'd like to take some and show you how much I love you by washing your feet. It takes time to impact people's eyes. It takes us to walk in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to allow him have full access to your life. And I don't mean anything but just being open to him. Maybe... Maybe your time over the last year has been wasted in a lot of ways. Maybe your time of last year has been robbed of you in a lot of different ways. Maybe your time of last year has been kind of projected in areas you realize now it probably wasn't the best investment. I'm going to ask you if you realize that God is maybe stirring something inside of you to maybe redeem your time in a fresh way in this coming season. I'd just like you to stand right now. Yeah, don't close your eyes. Don't do any of that. You just stand. I don't care what the person next to you thinks. I really don't. And you shouldn't actually. Anybody else? God's speaking about you. Know that he wants you to redeem some time in a particular area in your life in this season. Christy, would you join me, please? This is a young lady. He has every excuse in the world to not redeem her time in the right way. Because she has lived with an illness for years. Years and years and years. And yet she refuses, refuses to let the enemy rob her of her time when it comes to allowing Jesus to be first in everything that she says. I'm going to ask Christy to pray over us because this is somebody who not just talks about it, but lives it. Lives with a, an illness that would give her every excuse in the world to go, Everybody but me. But she takes her time and she apportions it to being with the Father on a constant basis so she would do what Daddy tells her to do. And if we can get that done in 2023, if you can get that done in 23, I promise you on my life, and I'm not being weird or extreme, I promise you on my life, 2023 will be one of the best years you've ever experienced in reference to being effective in your life for Jesus. You might feel like you're more busy, but you'll be more refreshed because it's an overflow, not a drainage. Would you pray for us, please, honey? 
And uh, before I pray, just to be clear and honest, it's not every single day that I choose to surrender my time to Jesus because sometimes it feels like, well, you're a loving father, so why am I going through this? Why are you not removing this suffering or this difficulty that I'm facing? And so, but ultimately, I always ask my question, where else will I go? And um, it's only to the feet of Jesus that true freedom comes. It's when we surrender um, what we want for what he has for us. So, Jesus, I thank you that um, in the midst of difficulty when we can't see you and we can't feel you, I pray that each one of these people standing would make that choice to choose to trust you. Even when they can't see your hand moving, even when they can't feel maybe your touch on their life, may you make yourself real to them in that moment as every time when I am questioning, God, where are you? You show up. You don't leave me alone or abandoned or forgotten. You show up, whether it's in your word, whether it's in the silence, hearing your voice. Um, I thank you, Jesus, that no one here is forgotten and no one here is unseen by you. They may feel that way from others, but Jesus, you always see and you are always with them. And so I just pray that that time that they feel maybe guilty or shame of like, oh, I've wasted all this time or where has it gone? Jesus, you are the redeemer and you redeem time. You redeem circumstances. You redeem all things because you take what we see as not good and you use it for your good and your glory. So I just pray that all these things in each one of these people's lives would be used to Jesus for good and for your glory. So bring the redemption that only you can bring, bring the healing and the restoration that only you can bring. Draw us to our knees before you, Jesus, and surrender, surrender to your will over our will and our way. Jesus, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat, guys, just quickly. Hey, we're going to close with a song, but we're not because I want to respect your time. But I want to leave this thought with you in closing. Prayer teams, would you come and join me, those who have been assigned for prayer this morning? Um, if you need prayer about anything God's stirring in your heart in a minute, please, I'm going to ask you to come do that. But as they're coming, I want you to hear this. In this coming year, start by spending some of your time with Jesus on a regular basis. Allow him to have some of your time. Why? Because you and I are about to be credited to our account in 2023, 31,536,000 seconds to do with as you please. 31,536,000 seconds will be accredited to your account as 2003 starts to unfold and we arrive at the end of it. What you do with that time is up to you. How you allocate that time is up to you. Jesus, I wish he would, but he doesn't. I, I, I know he's not, well, he is Irish because we snuck him over and snuck him in. But anyway, <laughs> um, he doesn't twist your arm. And I don't think that's fair, but he doesn't be why. Because a love relationship is never about forcing somebody to come with him. It's about inviting somebody to come with them. 
He's inviting you to apportion some of your time to him in this coming season so he can meet you in all that you're going through in all the challenges you're facing and all the stuff that's coming up and all the stuff that will catch you by surprise and won't catch all that stuff that's coming up. He literally just wants to walk with you in the midst of all of it if you give him a chance. He's inviting us. I'm asking you. We're going to do another 21 days of fasting and prayer in January. Our staff practiced it for 21 days over the last few weeks so we wouldn't be asking you to do something that we hadn't done before. It's from the 9th of January. We're going to be joining our Foursquare movement of 21 days of fasting and prayer. We're going to ask you, if you want to, to give up some time, to allocate some time to come sit with some people and just seek Jesus. But Pastor Crystal came today. I'm asking you in this season, especially in this Christmas season, would you physically give away some of your time to bless somebody else? Would you talk to Pastor Adam? Would you talk to Pastor Crystal? Would you go, I'm available to give some of my time to somebody else and I want nothing back except to invest it in the name of Jesus? And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning, guys? Love you so much. Have an incredible day. If you need prayer, these people are here to pray for you. Come on ahead and let them pray with you. Thank you so much. Love somebody, hug somebody, pull their ear, their nose, give them a hug, tell them you love them, etc., etc., especially our new people. God bless you guys. Sing God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley.